You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning, I want to help believers. We started the service this morning and I read from Isaiah 60. It said that, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Then it says, deep darkness is over the people. talks about ignorance, people that don't have knowledge about the truth. But God says, His glory will be seen upon you. Let me ask, how many people really believe that they are clothed with God's glory, with God's presence? People battle with negative thoughts. People feel condemned. The truth is, Most people that go to psychiatrists or psychologists is not to discuss things about the future, but they are there to discuss things about their past, guilt and condemnation. And it's difficult for them to move forward because of this guilt and condemnation. Things in their past that they cannot disconnect themselves from. But we know the Bible says in Christ... There's no guilt and no condemnation. But yet so many believers live a life of guilt and condemnation. When something wrong happens in your life, you immediately ask, what have I done wrong? You feel guilty. You feel condemned. Isaiah 61 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. They ask people, do you believe that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you? They say, yes. We've just worshipped God in spirit and in truth. You were aware of His presence. If you know that the Holy Spirit is upon you, why are you still feeling condemned? Because the first work of the Holy Spirit, when you become born again, is to link you up with God, is to justify you, is to sanctify you. His name is Holy Spirit. Why do you still feel condemned? Why do you still feel guilt? The first thing we need to do is is to acknowledge our position. We are undeserving of God's grace and God's mercy. We're undeserving of the Holy Spirit. But yet, that's all we need. And that's the way that God has made it, has predestined it. Our part is to acknowledge that we're in need of a Savior. Not to say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I don't need anybody. But to say, Lord, I need you. And when we acknowledge that position, that we are sinners, deserving of death, but in need of a Savior, He is faithful and just. Listen what the Bible says. I'm going to be reading most of my scriptures from the Passion Translation, but you can go in your Bibles to Luke 18 verse 13. There are so many people today, even when you talk to Christians, to believers, that think God is angry with them. Because you don't help people when you are angry with them. You think God does not want to help you because you think God is angry with you. But God is not angry with you. God is thinking good thoughts about you. More than what you can comprehend. More than what you can imagine. More than what you can dream. The tax collector stood off alone in the corner away from the holy place. Most people when they are filled with guilt and condemnation because of their sins, they move away from God. When you've made a mistake, run to God. Covered His face 
and in his hands feeling that he was unworthy to even look up to God. With brokenness and tears he sobbed, God, please in your mercy and because of the blood sacrifice, forgive me for I am nothing but the most miserable of all sinners. In life, there's a promise of contentment for all believers. There's a promise from the Holy Spirit, the promise from the Word of God, that He's our helper, He'll be with us. This man acknowledged his position as a sinner in need of a Savior. His humility and sincerity of heart is what got God's attention, not his arrogance. Most people live under so much guilt and condemnation. Whereas a believer, you don't have to live under any more guilt and condemnation. This will bring me to our sermon topic for this morning. No guilt, no condemnation. When you feel guilty, you don't have any confidence towards God. When you feel condemned, you want to run away and not to God. But Christ has come to remove all guilt and all condemnation. Salvation is a result of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doing a deep work within us. Legally, God in His wisdom has made a way that we who sin and make mistakes can experience the Holy Spirit work in our lives and not live under guilt and condemnation anymore. People are looking at me with big eyes like this. There are so many people that live under guilt and condemnation. It's not your portion. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans 5. God is not asking for your ability to be holy. He's asking for your willingness and availability. It's His ability. He who is holy, He who is righteous, He who is perfect. His ability, but your willingness, your availability. That's the difference. But we look at ourselves the whole time. I am this. I am like that. Don't look at your own ability. Look at God's ability. So I want to read a lot of scriptures to show you this morning what God has done for you. Salvation comes because you repent. You say, I'm sorry. And the work of the Holy Spirit. Daily, we sin in thoughts. We sin in words. We sin in our deeds. But Christ has come to bring salvation to all of mankind. Romans 5 verse 16. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. We've all sinned. We're all guilty. We all have a verdict against us. I'm guilty. Anybody here, you've never sinned, you've never made a mistake. Nobody. So you know you are guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free 
from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. Death once held us in this its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace? The grip of offense once held us. Now the grip of grace has got us. You are saved by grace. And continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to Him. When God is always with you, you know that He always wants the best for you. But as soon as you think God is not with you, you think, I wonder if God wants to help me. And immediately you feel condemned. He says here what he has done. The charge against us that said you are guilty. He has paid the price in full and he now says you are not guilty. Amen. He does not keep that which you have done wrong against you anymore. Amen. He has died for all your sins and removed the guilt the condemnation through Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. If you believe that, your behavior should change. If when you know that God has made you righteous, I mean you become aware of His righteousness, your behavior will change. Your speech will change. Your thoughts will change. An awareness of God's righteousness brings an awareness of God's power. Then even when you go through a difficult time, you'll be aware of God's righteousness. Amen. It's not when you go through a difficult time, God's righteousness is not with you anymore. It's with you in the difficult time. God was with Joseph in the pit and in the palace. In the prison and in the palace. Daniel, when he heard the decree made that whoever does not bow the knee to another God, not his God, will be fed to the lions, he went immediately and prayed. He was aware that God is a righteous God. He was aware of God's righteousness. And he did not change his confession. Family, do you know what's the good news? You know God has given you a promise for the future. God does not consult your past in determining your future. He knows our weaknesses, that all of us are weak when it comes to spiritual things. That's why Jesus Christ came. You didn't hear what I said. I said, all of us are weak when it comes to spiritual things. You say, I want to do this for God. I'm going to do this and this and this. And the next minute you find yourself not doing any of those things. 
The intention is that I want to move in this direction. But then you go in that direction. God is aware of your weakness. That's why He allowed Jesus Christ to come to help us and to assist us. So that you don't have to live under guilt and condemnation. When you owe somebody, say, a thousand rand or ten thousand rand, and you know that people need to get paid, and you cannot, and somebody else just comes and pays it for you, do you still feel guilty and condemned now? You know the price has been paid in full. That's what Jesus Christ came. It wasn't a ten thousand rand debt. It was billions upon billions, a debt we cannot pay back. That he paid for us. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5. Satan has no power over your future. Jesus has power over your future. Many people fear the future. Or they fear what will happen next. Am I right? Who holds your future? Jesus. So who you should actually fear when you say I fear the future? Fear God. And to fear God is to hate sin. This is the secret. When you fear God and you hate sin, there's no, no need to worry about the future. Because you know Jesus is the one waiting for you there. His ability has become your ability. The purpose of life is to know your Creator. And when you know your Creator, you'll know your purpose in life. When we worry, fear, condemnation, guilt, are the things that rob believers of their future steals the comfort and the peace that God wants to give us. The comfort that I'm talking is the comfort in the Holy Spirit, knowing that God is in control. The peace that I'm talking is not the peace of this world, but the peace that God places in our heart when we're in right standing with Him. When you're in right standing with God and that peace is in your heart, nothing is too difficult. So listen here what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. So that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. You know what that means, family? Nobody will be able to stand before God one day and have an excuse for not being saved. Nobody would have an excuse for not being in right standing with God. Because God made him who knew no sin to be sin. And he knew, made us who were never righteous to be righteous. So that you don't have to feel condemned. That you don't have to live under any guilt. Some of you are looking so much at your past, feeling so much guilt and condemnation. And Christ has dealt with that sin already. Not to behave like a sinner anymore, but to start to behave like a saint. 1 Peter 2 verse 22. He never sinned and he never spoke deceitfully. When he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult when he suffered. He would not threaten or there was no retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Let me explain it to you this. 
Before you knew Jesus, you reigned over defeat and failure. You were the king of defeat and failure. You were the king of being miserable. The king of pain. The king of judgment. The king of condemnation. Anything. You were the king. The king of murmuring. The king of complaining. The king of threatening. The king of cursing and swearing. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? You remember that life that you used to live? You were on top. Nobody could swear more than you. Nobody could curse more than you. Nobody felt more condemned than you. You were ruling in the realm of defeat and failure. But now that you are born again, you rule in a new realm. With Jesus Christ, where you have peace. Doesn't mean there will be no trials. It means even if trials come, you have peace. You know God is in control. You know God judges righteously. And you can keep your peace. Even when something goes wrong, you don't feel condemned. Hello? You know, these scriptures that I'm reading for you was not written to unbelievers. They were written to churches and believers. So that's why I'm now I'm talking to the right people. It wasn't written to the unbelievers in Corinth. The unbelievers, no, the church. So he's writing this to believers because he says, I know believers battle with this. Because all of us have got a past. But he says there's no reason to live a life of guilt and condemnation. Because it affects every area of your life. You cannot move forward if you're looking backwards the whole time. Your past is over. The only thing the devil knows about you is your past. And he'd want to remind you of your defeats and failures. Your mistakes of the past. It even affects your prayer life. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John. So if you say you're a believer, do you live a life of freedom? Do you live a life of victory? Do you live a life where you have peace? There are so many things pushing against us that wants to steal our peace. That's why you need to be born again. It's part of our inheritance. It's the promise when you're a believer. God gives us peace. No condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There are no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So as long as you maintain your position in Christ, no condemnation. But as soon as you step out of Christ, you feel condemned. But when you have surrendered to Christ, he holds you firmly in the grip of grace. He knows the things that He has planned for you. He knows His thoughts towards you. Guilt and condemnation robs us of the good future that we have. Just turn to Romans 8 quickly. I want to read the Passion Translation to you. Christ was offered as a substitute for you and me. Romans 8 verse 1, the Passion Translation says, So now the case is closed. 
There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life, union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the life-giving spirit flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. You should expect the abundance of God's grace and mercy, His sufficiency to manifest in your life. You should have an expectation of that goodness to manifest in your life. The passion says the case has been closed. You don't have to feel condemned anymore. The thing is, most of us want to go back and say, can we have that file about my past? We want to open the case again. Many of you know the case has been closed. You have forgiven who you should have forgiven. You have dealt with the offense and the hurt. But now you still want to go and open the case. The case has been closed. There's no condemnation. Listen here what the Bible says. Now you can turn to 1 John 3 verse 20. You know what is the problem? Churches today are preaching condemnation and guilt. That's why so many Christians are feeling and living a life under guilt and condemnation. Churches should stop preaching guilt and condemnation and preach the freedom that there is in Christ Jesus. When you feel guilty, you want to make right. When you feel guilty, you think your sacrifice is required. And you don't realize that Christ has paid the price in full. 1 John 3, listen to this. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience. And He knows everything there is to know about us. My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak face to face with God. And whatever we ask of Him, we receive because we keep His commandments. By our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to Him. Like I said, this is written to believers. Because John knew that when you want to pray, your heart will condemn you. And remind you of your failures, the things that you've done wrong. Let me just remind you quickly. The last time you had a prayer meeting at your work, and they say, who will pray? Were you the one who said, okay, I'll pray? Or were you the one who said, oh no, I'm feeling guilty. I know what I did wrong. I cannot pray. John says, you'll get to a place where you want to pray and your heart condemns you. You feel guilty. He says, God is greater than your heart. What God has done on the cross is greater than that guilt and condemnation that you're experiencing. It says God has dealt with it once and for all. It says if you feel guilt and condemnation, you don't have confidence to come to God. This is why Christ came to give you peace in your heart to know that you're in right standing with God. That even when you make a mistake, you know you're in the firm grip of grace. You can run to the throne of grace and say, Jesus, forgive me. But the problem in our society today is, I've done nothing wrong. It wasn't me, it was him. Hmm? And we point the finger the whole time. Men, listen to me. Adam was the first finger pointer. He pointed the finger to his wife. He said, it wasn't me, it was my wife. Guilt and condemnation. 
the easiest way for man in his ability to move the guilt and condemnation that he experiences. He takes it and he says, it's not me, he's the guilty one. It's not me, it's he the, he's the guilty one. The accuser of the brethren is not the brotherhood. The accuser of the brethren, we know who he is. It's the devil. When your heart condemns you, you should know that God is greater than your heart. Whatever that thing in your heart that condemns you, that makes you feel guilty, are you saying you have the right to feel guilty and that Christ's work upon the cross was not sufficient? Are you saying that what God did on the cross is not enough to remove your guilt and your condemnation? Because that's the only excuse that you can give. But he says, I've dealt with it. So come to the throne of grace to obtain help, to obtain mercy. When you enter into his presence, you've entered into glory. And if you've entered into his glory, guess what? Your problem will be solved. That's why when there's difficulties, he says, ask for wisdom. Ask God what to do. Not run away from God. Even if it's a difficult situation, even if you are the guilty one, be quick to repent and say, Jesus, I messed up, forgive me. Help me, show me the way out. Not for Jesus to help you and then you go do the same thing over and over and over. That's not true repentance. Many of us look at our lives we look maybe at our business, we look at our families and we can experience so much guilt and condemnation. But Christ came to deal with that guilt and condemnation once and for all. To give you opportunity to still restore your life, to change things in your life. Amen? Amen. You don't have to carry that burden on your own. Family, if you've made a mistake, just repent truly from your heart. Don't just say sorry because people say you should say sorry. Say sorry because you want to say sorry from your heart. Let it be sincere. Let it be real. We cannot mock God. God knows what goes on in our heart. Amen? Amen. When there's no guilt and no condemnation, you'll have confidence towards God. The devil wants to remind you of your past to make you feel condemned. All of these scriptures were written to Christians. And I realized people are so depressed. Their hearts are so heavy. Because they experience guilt and condemnation. But God wants to give us peace. Wants you to experience the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You know, even if you're facing a lot of trials, I mean, but even knowing that there's going to be pressure, when you have God with you, you have peace on the inside, knowing that God will see you through. God will help you. God is faithful. He will see you through. Family, He's not just removed the guilt and condemnation. But the matter of fact, to truly experience that authentic peace that comes from God, God has to allow His divine nature to become a part of you. It means His ability becomes your ability. That is the work that we're talking about. When we say you are born again, means you are saturated with God's presence. You are justified, just as if you have never sinned. Remember, salvation. You are a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. Am I right? So your spirit that's linked up with God, 
is what gets born again. God is in our spirit. We worship God in spirit and in truth. Your spirit is sanctified, cleansed, justified, just as if you have never sinned. Justified, your spirit. A matter of fact, Roma, uh, uh, 1 John says that when you are truly born again from above, and that seed of Christ is on the inside of your spirit, you cannot sin anymore. Because Christ cannot sin. That's your spirit. Now you have your soul. Your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions. That needs to be renewed. It needs to be sanctified. By the renewing of your mind. Many people are born again, but they still think the wrong way. They've been justified, but in their minds they say, Oh, Jesus, you don't know what I did. Jesus knew exactly what you did. He died on the cross for every of those things that you did and what you're going to do. He knows. Amen? Amen? He knows. It's not a surprise. He made you. He formed you. So your mind needs to get sanctified. Your body, one day when you die, will be glorified. You'll get a new body. So that you can be in God's presence. Justified, sanctified, glorified. That means that salvation is a process. That's why the book of James, he says, Receive with meekness. Into your heart, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Not your spirit, your soul. See, that word of God that you allowed to come into your heart with meekness will change your way of thinking. When you allow that word to come in, you'll see who you are in Christ. You'll start to read and see, but the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, has been on the inside of me the whole time. You'll start to read and say, what God has planned for me is not evil, is not bad. But His thoughts towards me is peace and not of evil to give me a future and a hope. Oh, imagine Jesus. You'll start to read. Whatever you ask God, He wants to do far more abundantly, whatever you could ask or think. You'll start to read and see, but I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Amen. When you start to receive that, condemnation will go then you'll see God is in control of your future. He's planned good things for you. He's going to help you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to see you through. Amen? Amen. Amen. When you know God is with you and that you are in Christ, even when you make a mistake, you don't feel condemned. The Holy Spirit will convict you and say, what you have done is wrong because you're aware of His righteousness. And immediately as He says, this is wrong, you'll confess it. And the Bible says, when you confess it, he is faithful and just to forgive you your unrighteousness, your sins. And get you into right standing with God again. Now you're aware of God's righteousness. You are walking with the Holy Spirit. Whenever you go to a place where you shouldn't be, the Holy Spirit will say, don't be here. Not condemnation, a conviction. In your conscience, in your heart, because you're aware of God. Say to you, don't be here. You've been sanctified. He who knew no sin became sin so that you can be the righteousness of God. You are righteous. You've been made holy. You're his temple. No condemnation. 
Amen? And even when we make a mistake that we do so often, we are quick to repent and say, Jesus, forgive me. Sorry, help me, Holy Spirit. And he's going to pick you up and lead and guide you. So okay, let's not do it next time this way. Be aware. Learn from your mistakes. Amen? Yeah. 1 Peter 1 verse 4. So many people focus on what they've done wrong. Don't focus on your mistakes, but focus on the one who paid the price in full. Did you hear what I say? When you want to pray, say it's for healing or it's for a breakthrough. Every time you pray and you don't see the breakthrough immediately, you start thinking, what have I done wrong? Now you feel guilty and condemned. Don't do that. Don't look at what you've done wrong and who you are. In that time, look to the cross where the price was paid. When you look towards the cross, you'll see the price is paid in full and you won't feel condemned. That's what he says. Even when you have communion, you don't do it in the right way. If you know that his body was broken for you to be whole, his blood was shed to establish better promises, a better covenant in your life. Every time you're offended with somebody or angry with somebody, you think, okay, I cannot have communion. That's the time to have communion and to come and to say, Jesus, oh Jesus, your body was broken. My heart is broken. I'm so angry with this person. But I know you were broken so that I can be whole. I believe this. I believe this. I need your wholeness. I declare my oneness in the spirit with you as I partake of this. Oh, Jesus, your blood. I'm so angry with this person. I feel like I can kill them. I've come to, to, to hold on to the better promises and the better covenant. Not to feel so angry. Not to feel so condemned. Forgive me. Let your blood speak for me. Let your mercy speak for me. Oh, Lord, let this blood just wash and cleanse me and help me to forgive this person as you have forgiven me. This blood speaks of forgiveness. I know you have forgiven me completely. Oh, the way you've forgiven me completely, I forgive this person completely. No condemnation. Amen. But if you come and you think, Oh, I'm a guilty sinner. <laughs> this body was broken, but I'm, oh God is going to break me. <laughs> Your heart is condemning you. Say, Let me just leave this communion alone. Let me not touch it. Say, Jesus, help me. Listen what 2 Peter 1 verse 4 says. As a result of this, He has given you magnificent promises. That are beyond all price. Says there's no price, no value that can give you these promises. Many of your hearts condemn you. You want to come for prayer, for healing, or for breakthrough. Then your heart, there's something in your heart that condemns you. Say, oh, I'm so miserable. I cannot pray for this prayer. Maybe if I pay somebody, they can pray for me. Now when people know that you feel guilt and condemnation and you don't want to pray for yourself because you, you don't have confidence to approach the Father yourself. When they know that and they know that you are desperate for it, they can charge you anything. Mm. You've got HIV. Mm. Okay. This is very serious. 20,000 rand come and we'll pray for you. You're saying, hmm, people are doing it. Charging 20,000, 25,000 for somebody with HIV. But the price has been paid in full, but now you want to charge something. Churches should preach salvation and not condemnation. Now you need a breakthrough in your business. You need money. 
to do that contract. Now somebody can charge you anything. Because you're desperate. But if you don't need money, don't you need the prayer more than the person who's got the money? But now you cannot come. Because you don't have money. I've had people come here to the front for prayer, for healing. Then they repent. Said, please forgive me, man of God. I only have a 50 rand. I know it's supposed to be 100 rand. I said, who told you it's supposed to be 100 rand? She says, no, the other church they didn't want to pray for me because I only had 50 rand. I said, no, brother, you can keep your 50 rand in your pocket. What we give as men of God, we've received freely from God. We have to give it freely. But so many live under guilt and condemnation. Some people's businesses have gone bankrupt because they have given out of guilt and condemnation their whole cash flow to the church. And now you say, God, why isn't my business blessed? Because you made a stupid decision. You need cash flow to run your business. I'm just helping you. But because of guilt and condemnation, you think God cannot bless you unless you give. It's nonsense. If you feel guilt and condemnation when you give, God wants you to be a happy giver. How can you be a happy giver if you feel guilt and condemnation? I had a very good friend of mine who says, if I listen, if I'm in a church with this one pastor, if I don't clean my wallet out, take everything out, I feel guilt and condemnation. If you feel guilt and condemnation, don't give. God loves a cheerful, happy giver. He's not after your money. He's after your heart. A matter of fact, Christ was Jesus, or Jesus, Christ the Messiah, was the Father's, be- was the Father's most precious thing. He made that sacrifice, gave Him to us, before you even knew about giving. Before you even knew about sacrifice. You didn't even ask him to do it, and he did it. No guilt, no condemnation. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature. His ability becomes your ability. When you know that, you know the Holy Spirit wants to help you. It's God's desire to bless you. It's God's desire to help you. In your difficult time, in your challenges, learn to trust and rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. Remember, you are linked up with God. When you are linked up with God, defeat and failure are things of the past. You don't have to walk in condemnation. When there's a setback, you know God has planned something else for you. God will take you from glory to glory and from strength to strength. Romans 8 verse 31. If you believe that you are linked up with God and His divine nature has become your nature, it comes with a certain positive language. It comes with a positive speech that knows that God is faithful and He will see me through. Even if I'm facing challenges, I hold on to my confession. I don't change it. Remember when David faced Goliath, even if you are facing a giant, and that giant says, I'm going to kill you. David kept his solid front. He says, no. You are not going to kill me. I'm going to kill you. The difference was the giant lived in the realm of defeat and failure, whereas David lived in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. And he said, you've not come against me. You've come against my God. That's why I know you. I'm going to kill you today and feed your flesh to the birds of the air. 
he held on to his confession. He wasn't under guilt and condemnation. He thought, I did this wrong. He knew he was in covenant with God. Romans 8 verse 31. So what does this all mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? God is with you. He's standing with you. You are walking with Him, planning with Him. That's His desire from the beginning. Who can be against you? For God has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. And since God freely offered Him up as the sacrifice for us all, He certainly won't withhold from us anything else He has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be His? God Himself is the judge who has issued His final verdict over them, not guilty. When God looks at you, He says, not guilty. Who can bring in accusation against you? Not guilty. That means in every difficulty, challenge you are facing, God is going to offer the solution. If you truly believe that, that God has done that for you, start to reign in that realm of victory in Christ Jesus. Be the king. Be the ruler that God has made you. Have that peace. Have that freedom. Don't now say, well, I know God has done it, but you're still ruling in that other realm. Saying, defeat and failure is mine. Sickness is mine. Condemnation is mine. Guilt is mine. When your heart condemns you, know that God is greater than your heart. God has planned good things for you. If God is with you, if God is for you, who can be against you? If God did not withhold Jesus Christ, why will he withhold any good thing from you? Know that God wants to bless you. God wants to walk with you. God will see you through. From today, stop living a life of guilt and condemnation. Your past is over. God has planned good things for you. Start walking in those things. If you believe it, start confessing it. Start acting it. You'll see it will manifest in your life. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.